presenting Channeling Eric's Hour of Enlightenment. Glad to have all of you guys. I don't know what's going on, but uh, Jupiter and right according to our wonderful medium Raylene, who will be chanting, chilling air today. She is having hail. I am having huge thunderstorms and like a, a flood, warn, a flood uh, warning or whatever, a flash flood warning. And our guest Louis Gibbons is also having crappy weather in Florida, so that's her fault. It's okay because we are all eternal beings, so we will survive. Anyway, not to be flippant, but thank you, uh, Raylene, for joining us. Thank you, Eric, for being the love of my life, and a special a special thank you to Lori Gibbons, who we've had on before, the author of the Do It Yourself Guide to Conscious Living: How to Unravel Your Mindsets in Twenty One days and I'm telling you this is like like the top five books that I've read in my life it is really a life changer and she's going to uh, discuss one of the more common uh, mindsets trust um, the mindsets we carry around you know they, they really prevent us from reaching our fullest potential in every facet of life the mindset of blame of listening of fitting in and all that stuff and, uh, you know, I guess it keeps us from, and, and Lori will correct me if I'm wrong, keeps us from being our authentic self. So, you know, it, it, it's about the ego sabotaging us. So, you know, guess what? It takes 20 minutes a day with this book for 21 days to understand and unravel the mindsets uh, that, you know, that's kind of enslaving you in shackles. So, you know, give it a try. Guess what? You deserve to reach your highest potential. And when you do, you will attract abundance of every type. So what I'm saying is that it's a tiny investment that you should make to receive abundance. Or you can just you know, keep walking down the path of self-sabotage. Anyway, so <laughs> I will leave it to Lori. Go for it, girl. Well, thank you so much, Elisa. You always give such a, a warm um, introduction, and it, it humbles me every time, and I am so um, flattered that um, you've read the book and that uh, it makes a difference with you and that it makes enough of a difference to where you'd um, be willing to share it with others. So thank you, of thank course. you, thank yes. you. I'm not um, smoke, okay? Uh, well, thank you so much. I don't do that. I, don't, I do not do that. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, sure. Alisa already stated, uh, tonight we're going to focus on a mindset of trust and since that chapter is a short one. Um, I decide I decided to just share the whole thing and give it to your listeners for free. Um, but before I begin, since I usually do two mindsets whenever I visit your show, I wanted to share a passage from one of the weekly short stories um, that I post on my Facebook business page, and uh, some of the posts are also about mindsets. If you like this one, you can find it and several others um, on Facebook at Author Lori Givens, and my name is spelled L-O-R-I-E. My last name is G-I-V as in Victor, E-N-S. The first, uh, the short story that I'm going to share with you is, it's a true story. It's about a mindset of gratitude, and it's titled, A Lifted Finger. 
I'd like to okay. share a brief I'd like to share a brief story about our next door neighbor, Blake. He and his family have been our neighbors for almost 15 years. Shortly after we moved in, Blake was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. Both he and his wife are medical doctors, but because of Blake's condition, he is no longer able to practice medicine. Over the years, my husband Jim and I have quietly witnessed the effects of MS, including the many experimental treatments Blake has bravely and optimistically endured, despite his deteriorating health. It is now a regular, often daily part of our lives to have emergency vehicles parked in front of our house. That Mm. signals that Blake has either slid down his chair, leaving him unable to lift himself back up, or that something more serious has occurred. It's a good day when the EMTs leave without Blake. The other morning, Mm -hmm. though, was, was not one of those days. I happened to be in our garage at the time and looked up right when Blake was being wheeled out on the stretcher. Since Blake's head was raised on the platform, permitting him to breathe easier, Blake and I caught each other's glance. Despite his weakened, likely exhausted state, he instantly raised his finger to acknowledge me. I'm sure it took every ounce of energy he could muster, but Blake is the kind of person that prioritizes kindness over most everything else. During that brief exchange between us, things got very still inside me. It's one of those moments you won't soon forget. In my case, I know that simple exchange will forever be a part of Blake's legacy for me. In fact, I find myself thinking about it quite a bit. See, instead of focusing on the many things he doesn't have, Blake always seems focused on the ones he does. Maybe that's where his sense of kindness originates. I do know that his lifted finger the other morning was a gesture of comfort to say not to worry. Instead of thinking about himself and his own discomfort, he was thinking about mine. I think Blake's example, at least for me, is a reminder of how often we allow ourselves to focus on all the things we don't have instead of the many we do. We complain about who doesn't do what we want or supposedly need. We manufacture problems that really aren't. We foster division and conflict that serve no one, especially ourselves. And once we start believing it, It all takes on a life of its own, ultimately interfering with our own inclinations toward kindness and gratitude. Yes, Jim and I are very fortunate to live next door to such nice people. Naturally, I ask that you please keep Blake and his family in your hearts and minds. Their struggles are very real. But I also ask, if you have a moment to do so, Please ponder Blake's choices, because despite how diminished he must feel at times, the way he lives makes him seem so big. By just lifting a finger, he lifted me to a better place inside. I bet his story does the same for you. Thank you, Blake. 
Mm, and thank you guys. So sweet. Those kind of people, oh, God, we, we can be inspired by them. We can learn from them. It's just such a gift. Billy, it's a gift. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, such it a beautiful serves person. as a great example for me. <laughs> it is, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, talk a little bit more about the the mindset of trust, or if you want to first briefly talk about the fact that they that we do have mindsets and what they do to hamper us. Maybe we well, start out there. Like, like I say in the book, Alicia. Um, and it took me, for anyone on the line that doesn't know, it took me four years to write this book. And it was mostly because everything that I wrote, um, I had to figure out on my own. Uh, and that's yeah. one of the reasons that I call it a do-it-yourself guide, because our mindsets, mm-hmm. um, they're not as obvious. Um, this, What I learned was... It was important to strip away all the habits, excuses, and explanations that we use to get through things because Mm. once we start stripping them away, that's when we discover that they are the very things that prevent us from getting through things. So I started with myself of the different states of mind that I would find myself in, and I just decided to start breaking them down and digging really deep about, you know, what are the uh, patterns of thoughts that lead me to this state of mind. And in the exploratory process, I discovered something that to me was a revelation, is that it wasn't just my state of mind or something that was unique to me. What I started realizing is how much I have in common with everyone else that I encounter on the planet. We just are kind of rotating our own states of mind. But when we get down to it, instead of focusing on all the things that we're different, uh, how how all the ways that we're different from one another, I think the key to happiness really lies in focusing on how we are the same. So I started writing the book, you know, feeling a bit disconnected or detached But when I ended um, each chapter, uh, that was kind of my objective, that I didn't mean to start out feeling detached, but I just was. And that the end of each chapter, it would leave me with a sense of stillness and calm inside. And at the end of the book, it will, um, as it did for me and as it does for me, it will leave you feeling more connected to others when you're done. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so let's talk about the one, uh, you know, about trust in more detail. Well, since it's such a, it's a short chapter, it's about 10 minutes, um, and it's, it's very interwoven, so I think it would help if I just, like I said, just read it and share it with your listeners. Um, oh. The title is, is A Mindset of Trust, and the title is Just a Dance. Every relationship we encounter in life involves trust. In professional relationships, we expect expect the terms of trust to be spelled out fairly clearly. But in personal ones, we often proceed without either party acknowledging or admitting that trust and the terms for it are being established. We don't exchange words to frame what is happening. We just sort of meander our way through 
a series of twists and curves, hoping to figure each other out. It's how we get to know each other. It's like a dance. Although sometimes it's more like an avoidance. We draw imaginary lines of demarcation around ourselves which separate us from the rest of the world, and we expect other people to respect these lines. We consider them our boundaries, our personal space. And part of what we are expected to figure out in life is where these lines are drawn for other people, despite how similarly they may be drawn. No one's lines are the same. The difficult thing, though, is that we often don't discover the lines until we cross one. In newer or developing relationships, our imaginary lines shift a bit more frequently while we figure out how much trust we are really willing to risk in exchange for how much attention we are hoping to receive. But again, it's something we have to feel our way through. We seldom talk about it, at least not with our dance partner. It's just not part of the dance, especially when we hope the dance will lead to something more. So we tread rather lightly, avoiding each other's toes because any misstep could put an end to the music. That's the funny thing about these dances. You can't always hear the music, so it's hard to tell when it stops. The subtlety, though, is mostly by design. The more mysterious we can make the dance, the less obligation each partner feels in terms of signaling their moves, particularly the next one. Without even knowing it, we're teaching ourselves as well as each other that secrecy is the best way to define, even fortify, our boundaries. As a result, instead of dancing with one another, it feels more like we're dancing around one another. But it's almost to be expected, especially when we move in and out of relationships. It's just part of the dance. The truth, though, is we are trying to figure out if we can trust each other and whether or not a relationship or the continuation of one is worth the risk. We're trying to figure out our terms for trust while gauging our risk of getting hurt. See, that's what trust really is. It's our estimation of how likely we are to get hurt. Of course, we don't often describe it that way. We prefer to think of trust as some sort of understanding or reliability indicator that someone else will do what we think they will or, if we're lucky, say they will. As long as we have trust, our vulnerability to someone else's power over our feelings will be protected. We won't be disappointed, caught off guard, cheated, or betrayed. In other words, we won't be hurt, and not getting hurt is what makes trust so valuable. But if you think about it, trust is nothing more than a feeling we have that makes us feel protected against hurt. Kind of makes sense why we don't talk about it. We don't want other people to know that not only can we be hurt, but in many ways we're afraid of it too. So it's not really trust we value. It's not getting hurt we value. Despite how much we 
Despite how much we value it, though, we almost never speak of it, even though trust or the fear we associate with it is always in the backs of our minds, the fronts of our minds, and fundamental to every relationship. The few discussions we have about it are reserved for those times when the terms we assumed could be taken for granted were violated, whether or not we're aware of it. We have many people in our lives with whom we never would consider disclosing or discussing the basic terms of trust in our relationships. Yet we hold these same people accountable to our unclear, unspoken terms. In other words, we hold other people accountable for our fears we won't disclose to them. Hmm. And usually, these are the same people we think we can trust, even though we, would, we behave as if we can't trust them enough to tell them what we're afraid of. Sounds like we've led ourselves to believe that talking about trust puts us at even greater risk of being hurt. Guess it's no wonder we step on each other's toes and can't anticipate each other's moves when we dance. Our feelings and fears keep getting in the way, causing us to step in front of or away from each other. To state it more plainly, without trust, we don't make very good partners, but it's not for the reasons we may think. See, we keep thinking that other people are responsible for how we approach trust because at some point, Someone we trusted to not hurt us ended up hurting us anyway. So, in order to avoid hurt in the future, we decided to avoid trust. Instead of attributing our hurt to some hurtful episodes and then moving on, we standardized our assumptions about hurt for people in general, including ones we had not yet met. By doing so, we made it hard for ourselves to see that not only would hurtful memories influence our future behavior, but our assumptions about hurt would influence us even more. They would serve as the guidepost for what would become our unspoken terms for relationships, including our terms for being more secretive. Our rationale was the less we share with other people, And the less they know about our vulnerabilities, the less likely we were to get hurt. In other words, our ideas about trust have been mostly about secrecy and how to avoid getting hurt instead of them being about the relaxed feelings that are possible when we're not making ourselves afraid. See, the way we've been managing trust or the way it's been managing us, has caused us to miss out on the many joys of connecting with someone that are only possible when we stop letting our fears get in the way of those connections. And that, my friend, is a big miss. It takes a long time to learn, and even longer not to learn, that most of the decisions we make out of fear usually lead to more fear. So if the fear of getting hurt is ultimately what we want to avoid, wouldn't it be wise to approach that fear a little differently 
isn't a big part of why we're afraid, a direct result of having spent so much time convincing ourselves that the only way to feel better about hurt is to avoid the possibility of it. Not even the actual hurt itself, but the possibility of it. That's what avoiding fear mostly involves. A lot of time and energy spent avoiding the possibility of it. And since possibilities, especially imaginary ones, are endless, our fears about them can be too. We've been working from the premise that if we overcome our reliance on trust, especially in other people, things will get better. Unfortunately, though, the removal of that reliance often makes us kind of bitter, more secretive, skeptical, and less willing to trust. If we enter into relationships preoccupied with fear or the avoidance of it, we almost always exit those relationships consumed by our preoccupations. Granted, other people have hurt us and violated our trust, But after they did, whatever they did, they had no bearing over how we decided to manage our fear of those things happening in the future. And if we use their betrayals to frame our own assumptions and expectations about how other people in the future would treat us, well, that was totally our call. The solution is not to eliminate relationships. The solution is is to eliminate our fears about relationships, especially if a good portion of the time we're spending in relationships is actually time we're spending in our heads, preoccupied with fears about things that might happen in those relationships, knowingly or unknowingly. If we're focusing on guessing someone else's next move while secretly planning our own, we'll never be able to experience the joy of relating in the moment. And relating, especially in the moment, is what leads to relationships and trust. Otherwise, it's just a dance. That's so true. Very wise. I mean, see, this is every sentence is so important in this, guys. And I'm telling you, I have gotten so much from this. You really, you know, you really learn so much about yourself by reading this book. And uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for it. Um, is it in uh, any other format beside the paperback? It's, uh, it's in paperback and also um, download. And in the next few months, I'm going to be um, releasing it in audiobook. Um, and I, I would encourage people that already have the paperback that maybe they'd like to listen to the audio book too. Um, mm-hmm. but, and I know it helps when you hear an author, especially the author of the book, reading how the sentences are supposed to sound. But since this book is about spending time in your head, I think it's important uh, to read the paperback or the download and hear the voice in your own head. And then it will yeah. really feel like you. Exactly. And this will help you learn how to be you, really. So, 
Anyway, all right, awesome. Um, Eric, do thank you, have you so much um, for letting me share that. Oh, it's awesome. And you guys, you can find her book on Amazon, obviously. Where else can, it's can just they find on the Amazon. book? It's on Amazon, Amazon right, well, and download and, and paper book. That is awesome because guess what? I'm a hermit now because I've got Amazon and I've got Instacart <laughs> and I've got these guys. I mean, I don't, I don't leave for my haircut. That's about all. But um, and that's cool. exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Saves on gas mileage. Uh, so Eric, do you have anything to say about this too? He says hello, Mama, and hello Hi, everybody else out there. Thank Hi, you Lee. for having me on the show, Elisa. Hello, hello, everybody. It's nice to be here with everybody. Eric is touching on this, and he says it's a really interesting subject because, Mom, when you get down to the nitty-gritty and you think about trust and why you either don't trust somebody or why you do trust somebody, it comes from within. And so if you're an individual who's having trouble with trusting either yourself or somebody that you're in a relationship, whether this is romance or siblings, friends, any type of relationship, I suggest you start looking to figure out yourself, to figure out why you are not trusting others. There's a problem and there's a point where pain has begun and there's something that you as an individual are trying to avoid, which is why you are lacking the trust. By having the mindset of expecting something negative to happen, such as an argument, because an argument typically happens over, using an example as dinner not being ready in time. And so you're expecting an argument to happen because your mindset thinks that's what's going to happen and that's what you're creating. So you have to find a way to get out of that pattern and that thought set of where you're at. Begin with trusting yourself and figuring out who you are as an individual. <laughs> Your thing. Yeah. <laughs> so um, that's really interesting. But I think trust is a, a super, super big one. Oh, yeah, it is. It's It's a really big it's a really big topic because somewhere he's explaining that trust comes in many different varies. There's people that lose trust from a friend because that friend has hurt them or betrayal has happened. And so trust isn't something that comes easily for a lot of people. However, it is something that can come mm-hmm. naturally if you allow it to. Well, you know, I, you know, I get myself into trouble because sometimes I am too trusting and I'd rather think the best of people and be disappointed some of the time than to think the worst of people and be miserable all the time. So unfortunately it makes me uh, come off as, and I am naive and gullible, but uh, you know, know, it's just the way I operate. So I don't know what else to do. So, but that's my problem. You guys. You said, well, mom, there's a difference between gullible and trusting. He says, if you want to talk about how you can trust an individual better, Listen to your body because your body is going to tell you something before your mind tells you anything. If you have a feeling in your gut, in your stomach, in your chest about a situation that you're about to embark on, well, then your body is telling you not to trust that situation. And so when trying to make big choices when it comes to trusting an individual or making a choice about employment, something major Listen to your body. What is your body telling you to do? Is it saying to go for it or to stand back? 
although you want to believe that everything is perfect in everybody's world, there are people that you do have to be careful for, and you have to use that gut feeling to help guide you with trusting. Hey, I've got a great technique I learned from Tammy DeMersa at the uh, event at my house uh, this weekend. Stand up, guys. Just stand up. Stand up. Okay. And now mm-hmm. I want you to ask yourself, what is my yes? And your body, very subtly, will either go forward or backward. Okay. And after you've done that, ask your body, what is my no? And it'll do, well, probably the opposite, okay? And this is your way of your, your body's wisdom contacting your higher self for answers. And so you can experiment with it. You say, you know, hey, do I have purple boxers on? And, uh, you know, ask something that you know the answer is ludicrous. Like, my hair is purple. Oh, God, maybe you guys have purple hair. I don't care. Who cares? Cool. Cool for you. But then ask something you know is true. And you'll see what the answer is. And then you can start asking all sorts of stuff, like, is my kid going to do okay in school next year, et cetera. So it's very, very valuable, just like the pendulum and, and the dowsing rods that Raylene has taught us about. So are you guys ready to take calls? Oh, sure. yes. Um, Eric is touching base on that. The body is something that you can trust more easily than the dowsing rods. Because it's your physical vessel that's guiding you and your physical higher self that's guiding you. It's a lot like muscle testing. Yeah. Oh, it's like muscle. It is pretty much muscle testing. And, hey, guess what? It is. It's portable. You can take it everywhere you go. Um, All right. Let's go ahead and talk to somebody from (laughs) 859 Area Code. Hi there, as I heard her talk about, um, you know, feelings, I was thinking that she, like me, back in her past, may have been hurt by something that had happened to her and that she spent a lifetime trying to figure out why do people act the way they do. And that resonates with me. Oh, yeah. That brings a lot of wisdom. Yeah, when I was was eight years old, my parents divorced, and it was like the the scarlet letter, you know, um, Mm. it was something that back in those days, it was unheard of. And people would point their fingers at you and say, I know your family secret. And you often wondered, well, you know, it's just one of those things. And I'm just saying that I'm just guessing. I'm kidding. 
<laughs> I'm, just, I'm just guessing that the same thing happened and and, uh, and and in a way thank god it did because look we get to read her book we get to Aww, read her exactly. well so. if you just and that's a really good point because mm-hmm, in spite of the fact that we think well that only happens to a few of us if we are able to live out many years in a lifetime, we're going to encounter issues with trust and hurt and confusing. Am I fearing trust because I'm hurting or am I hurting because I trusted someone? Well, they're kind of all oh, one of yeah. the same. So yeah, I, yeah. you make an excellent point, but we're all doing the same things. We just don't think we are. Exactly. I, yes, yeah, I, I guarantee. So what is your name? Well, I agree. Your name? I forgot to ask you. Oh, this is a this is a channeling Eric obsessed fan in Atlanta. You know who he is. No, well, give me your first this name, is, Jim. Oh, it's Jim. Jim in Atlanta. Yeah, he's oh, great. Kitty. Thank you for joining us again, Jim. Oh, you're Hi, Jim. Yeah, I, I just had a, a question for Eric. Yeah, Mr. Eric, I'd like to know what was that. What was that? But let's, for a better want of a word, UFO that was flying over that. That colored light, that that uh, that phosphorescent light that flew over my head two years ago, as uh, Benjamin and I were out for a walk in the front of our our, our yard at 10:30 at night, it came over the house. It was about 60 feet up. It was probably no about 400 feet up, about 60 feet in diameter. It was glowing phosphorescent. It was vanilla in the inside and had two outer rings. One was sapphire blue and one was a, a deep red. So what was so, it wasn't creepy, Mom. He says, Mom, it wasn't creepy. It was a UFO in the flesh. He says, how else can you explain it? It's an alien. He has his little voice going on. He's being all sci-fi over here. Um, he's getting serious, though. Mm-hmm. And, Jeff, he says, you've been working Jim, with Jim, other yeah. beings since you were born. This isn't something that's new for you. He's explaining that these beings want to work with you in connection mm-hmm. to the earth and doing some form of plant medicine or energy healing. Um, and so that's the purpose of your being, he said, studied, but nothing negative is happening to you. They're positive beings. Could, could we oh, call yeah, them Clayoran? It would be so creepy. I, I just had this thing where I don't want to be laying in bed, and I wake up, and there's this creepy small gray, like right by my bed looking at me. I, I, oh, oh, that's cool. I wish that would happen to me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Alarming. This, that is cool. very alarming. Well, um, just one question. Just Serious? one question and, for, are, for Eric. Go ahead. Was that Pleiorin or Pleiades? Pleiades related? Pleiorin? Pleiadians. And he's also saying Sirius. It's connected to Sirius as well. Cool. Okay, I kind well, of thought they guys, were so they good. were Pleiadian. Cool. Yeah, I'm they are. From back they're very then. much. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I appreciate it. Others brilliant. are calling in. Horrible. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. Eric says Thanks bye. all. Bye bye. Thank you. Love you. Bye bye. It's really bye-bye. bad Love weather you outside. I hope it. I hope it doesn't. We don't lose power. But anyway, we'll go quickly. All right. Let me see if this squabbling couple. Is finished with, but they're, they're not squabbling. It's their discussion. Or we could just spy on them some more. The 859 area code. Hi, David. How are you doing? Teddy, that was Teddy. Chef, that's terrible. Oh, Nowadays, that would never got by. He would have went to jail. Hello. 
After my dad. I'm good. How are you, Elisa? Oh, Martina. Hello. This How is Danielle. How are you guys? Hi, Danielle. Good. How Hi. Are you doing? Hello. Um, I'm good. I got to see my baby on the ultrasound today, so I'm great. That's right. <laughs> Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I had a question today that my dad reminded me of this dream I had. A few months back, um, Eric came to me in a dream with a um, one of my friends that passed away. He came to me in a dream with Robbie. And what he showed me, because I think I asked him before I had this dream, was what happened? Like, why are my mom and I so close if we actually knew each other in a previous life? So when I asked him that, it came to me in a dream that Eric showed me this car accident, that my mom and I died in this car accident together in a previous life, and then chose to came back, come back together. Hmm. What do you think, Eric? Karmic. He says, it's not necessarily karmic as what you would believe it to be. He says, what this is, is you're coming back to finish out something that you were unable to finish in another lifetime. The accident wasn't something that was supposed to happen in that lifetime, which is why you're trying to finish out what wasn't finished. He's showing your mom being like a really good person for you to communicate with, and you're coming in to communicate with her and for other hmm. people to communicate with you guys. Right. Um, yeah, I had one medium tell me before that my mom and I knew each other in previous lifetimes is why we had such a close relationship. So I always wondered if that was true. And I think one day I was just asking Eric if he thought that was true. And that's when I had that dream. And I was like, mom, I think you're so afraid of driving in a car because you died in a car accident in a previous life. So I was wondering, especially if she died in a previous life in a car accident, because she's like deathly afraid of driving. Mm. Both of you guys, it was fatal for the both of you. And it was instantaneous. Um, I don't see, I see like a lot of healing that had to be done on the other side because of the impact that the accident had on both of you. Your mom is carrying that fear with her. And so that's where the fear stems from. It's likely not with somebody being in control of the car, but it's likely her being in control. I do see her being the one that was driving and caused the accident. And that's where it's right. coming in from. What, All right, so what, what how could she came be my what dream? About, what about, uh, yeah, what about past life regression or something? So Eric is showing for her, she can do past life regression, but she wants to raise her vibration so she can get to a state that she wants to be in. And by raising the vibration, listening to music, uh, changing your diet, stretching, those are all ways to raise the vibration. Um, she is going to be finding healing. It looks like she does energy healing. She's going to receive some form of energy work that's not in connection to hypnosis. Has she ever done, um, you know, what either Reiki or Prana or Chi is? Because you can remove the energy that's stuck in those centers. I'm looking at her solar plexus, and this is where the life is held. Right. I don't think mm. so. But, you know, I just thought of, too, she does yoga all the time, and, she, you know, um, 
My dad kind of helps her with meditation and stuff like that. But what I remember in the dream, now I'm remembering another thing. The point is, I'm not trying to be on too long, but what I remember in the dream was we went over a bridge into water. And guess, I'm really afraid of going over bridges and cars. And I just realized, I just got that picture in my head of that dream of us going over this bridge into Mm, water, crashing into dying. (laughs) Well, you you guys, I, I, I recommend to everybody, that you read Children's Past Lives by Carol Bowman. That is freaking amazing. It's, it's about mm-hmm. the, the studies of, of uh, Ian Stevenson, who set about to disprove reincarnation, but he was quickly, he quickly changed his mind. So it's, it's really, really interesting. And, um, you know, maybe it would be good for your mom to go through between lives and past lives regression. Another thing is, have her watch my healing session with Tammy DeMersa because um, she, she's like mm-hmm. an open conduit through which source and other beings, like she, she first gains her energy and then she, she allows them to do their shit. So I had a bunch of stuck, stuck energy in my back and my back hurts like shit, but now it doesn't. And I feel mm-hmm. so anyway, just check it. Yeah. Check that. And we'll go on to the next caller, I think. We'll look into it. Thank you for calling. She's writing it down. Thank you. Yeah, me too. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, we got somebody from the 217 area code. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, this is Shalanda from Atlanta. Um, Hi, Lisa. Hi. I have a quick question. I talked to you guys like two weeks ago about the connection I have with this guy named Brandon Smith, and I did everything with Eric said. He said be he said, be patient, and he said, build a foundation. Now, if some things right. have been happening, I just, I just need one thing. Um, I need to know, do he see me meeting up with this guy face-to-face? Because if not, I need to just stop messing with this guy. Yeah. So you're not going to meet with him the way that you want to. I see him putting up barriers that are going to, I would have to say excuses. Um, you're going to meet with him, but you're not going to, it's not going to be what you're wanting, and it's not going to be meeting when you want to meet. You're wanting things to speed up and to be a certain way. He's not what you're looking for. Eric is saying if you want to wait, you can, but it's not going to be what you're looking for. Um, from what I can see is you want to walk away. Give it about two months from now. You're going to meet somebody else. I feel like there's already a connection met with you, either in um, some form of a group or something that you're connected to, but you may not know the individual directly. Well, what is a, oh, what, what's this what, guy's deal? Why? Why does not want to, you know. And because this is a guy that I had a strong connection with, and it drew me to I him. Know. But now I just feel like, like, I don't know. I'm having a mixed natural life. That's why I was calling to see, do he see a future with us? Like, there is no future at all? Yeah, what, what's the problem? There is future, Eric. But it's not going to be what you're expecting. It's He's got a lot of personal issues going on. And she's looking for a certain type of commitment that he's not used to. Oh, okay. So he Ugh, says it's not with like way her. too much trouble to be. Oof. <laughs> You've got the options there available to wait and play it out. However, it's not going to be what you're expecting or what you're needing. So it's, it's really up to you on do you want to invest any more time into it? Well, um, what's I'm actually with, not. Cause... Why can't you just be like, 
why can't you just communicate with them and say, hey, what is the deal with you? Where, where are we going? Because this is what happened to me. It's kind of a funny story. Um, I was about I was finished with, finishing my third year residency, uh, you know, for internal medicine, and I was just, you know, talking to my now husband and saying, you know, I, I knew I was, was going to be leaving for Houston and helping my parents with their practice, their medical practice. And so I said, so what's the deal? Are we going to get engaged or what? And that was and he said, oh, yeah, I guess we can. Well, he did not know what engagement meant. He thought it meant going steady. So he went to his workplace to tell his ESL. And he said, guess we have engaged. And so his boss said, oh, really? When's the date? And he goes, oh, shit. So, <laughs> you know, maybe it, maybe you have to do something like that. Like, what is going on? You know? Yeah, I just don't want to chase no. I don't want to chase nobody, and I feel like he has a lot of option online, and it's just like um, I did have yeah. a connection, but it's just I don't want to put like more time into it, and I feel like that I'm putting time. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you can I definitely see like the that. effort. You know, when you're in any relationship, you really want to look at the balancing beams. When you're giving something, you want to make sure that you're receiving something, whether this is emotional support, financial, physical, there needs to be a balance. And so there's not a balance going on right now. And so you're going to continue to downward spiral, spiral yours. And, you know, you reaching out would actually help you to make a decision, you know, talking to him about where are things going, how, how do you see us. And by you kind of hearing where his mind frame is at, because he's not ready for commitment, I can tell you that he's not going to be the committed partner that you're looking for. And that's well, okay. That's well, what Eric is telling you. So give it a couple just, months like, and then it's What was that? I'm sorry, what was that? I'm just saying that we I, just I like friends now because I said that we can't connect on like a, a romantic level. I just prefer to be his friend, but I'm not gonna go through all that hoops if there's no future. So that's what I said, let me. Yeah, call. you don't want to get your hopes. Hoops. All right, well, thank you. Yeah. So, so but being a friend, yeah, we'll go on to the next caller and see who that may be. I kind of want to find out from this people who won't answer the Line. freaking phone. Hey, big Hello, friend zone. Hello? Hello? Anybody home? Hello? 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 Oh, my name is Audrey. I'm from North Carolina. Oh, hi. Hi, Audrey. How are you doing? Hi. I'm good now. Eric says hello. Hi. Oh, my God. He says you're pretty, too. Oh, Oh my God. I just (laughs) got a kiss from you. You're going to break me. (laughs) Okay. I have a question. Um, I really need help with housing because I'm. I just started school at a community college online, but there's no housing mm. for that. And my dad oh, just yeah. told me that he was given 60 day notice to leave. And so oh, no. I don't know if I should follow him, go to my mom's house. I'd rather not live with my parents. I wish I could live in a dorm, but you know, I was wondering about yeah. that. Yeah. I don't see it being a dorm. I see you going um, with your dad. If 
Are your parents together? I see your dad mainly no. taking care of you. Okay. Dang it. So that's the route that you're going to go is with dad. Well, is it the best no, route? No, no, no. Is that the route she's going to go? Is it the route she's going to go, or is it the best route for her? Because there's a difference there. She says there's not there's not many options available when the time comes in connection to financial reasons. This is why it's the best option for her and her father. Well, let me ask okay. you this. I'm not the important question. No. It, 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 let me ask you a really uh, important question, Eric. Is this a good thing? for her to do because it gives her a chance to work on her relationship with the father or, or something else. I mean, is this an opportunity in disguise? She says, you called it out, mom. She's going to have time to heal. And not only that, she's going to be able to get herself figured out with having, without having a lot of responsibility. As soon as she balances herself, her relationship balances with her family. And then things are going to fall into place for her. Uh, there is healing that needs to take place between you and your father. Uh, he says he's stubborn, and you've got to learn to see his point of view, and he's also got to learn to see your point of view, okay. but he's the one that's more stubborn than you. Okay, sorry, guys. Yeah, I, I got a big, huge amber alert, not an amber alert, but one of those warnings because there's a, a huge flood, flash flood warning in my area. It's like beep, 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 Gary, Gary sounds but So anyway, we're fine, though. You got to uh, go? Right, well, thank you for calling in. No, no, no. Oh, thank you very no. much. I'm fine. Thank okay. you. Wait, what, what error code did you call thank from? Thank you. Oh, yeah. 919. Oh, I need the right one. Oh, 919. 919? 919. No, who? You? Thank you for calling in. Oh, gosh. No, I, me. I, I, I think you're Oh, gosh. I think I'm going to mess up. But anyway. Was it 720 uh, that just called me? That's what I just called, or not I just called in, but that's where I'm calling in from. You're calling in from that? Yes. Okay. Uh, whatever, I don't know. Oh, 919. Oh, that was it. Okay. I, don't, I just don't want to uh, unmute, I mean, uh, uh, kick Lori or you off the, the line. All right, let's take, this looks like a foreign um, number, so, you know, I don't like them to hold too long. Hey there from the 44748, blah, 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 many, many, many digits. How are you doing? Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Hi. Uh, my name is Christina. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Where are you calling from, Christina? Uh, UK. Oh, wow. UK. Well, what nationality yes. are you? Because I did detect an accent. I'm I'm, um, I'm Romanian. Oh, what a beautiful accent. Ukrainian, Romanian, I <laughs> love the, 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 just all the Eastern blocks. I love the accent. So, um, what's <laughs> Very beautiful. Your first name is Christina with a K, right? Um, I'm calling from UK now. Okay. Uh, and um, I can it's going to be about uh, two men. One is Max, one is Alex. I wonder if any of them will be in my future in any way, like lovers Girl, or husband. Gets, you know that Don, that Donna Summer song? It's raining men. Da, 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 da. You're, you're, you're trying to pick between two. So many people don't have any. But first, let me repeat my question. Christina, how do you spell your name? With a K or a C-H? 
uh, with with a C, with just C. Uh, oh, C-R- E-R. Okay, got it. Okay. Just wondered because my yeah. my daughter is K R I S blah blah blah. Yes, I know. <laughs> okay, so um, Eric, Max, Alex, what's best for her? Not not what is she, she's gonna who she's gonna end up with, but who must she end up with? And my barometer as far as relationships is concerned, find somebody who brings out the best in you, who allows you to, who inspires you to be the best version of yourself, who allows you to be you, your authentic self. So, Eric, what's best? And I know you probably want to marry her, but go ahead. He's, <laughs> he says, Mom, I would marry her any day. But he's I know, I know. I, I feel the question. That. I feel the question. <laughs> Max, I feel his question. Max is going to be the one that she's going to have romance with. There's also going to be other partners that she will see before she decides. Uh, Max is someone who's going to help you to really see what you want in a man. Mm. So Alex, um, I'm going to have a relationship with Alex? No, not with Alex. Why not? um, Max. Why not? What what would... um, Alex not bring to the table for her. He said, Alex isn't ready for that commitment. He is, but he isn't. There's more of a pull towards the other person, attraction-wise. They're both fit mm-hmm. for her, but it looks like the other person is going to be more of a match personality-wise yes. and giving yeah, her the attention yeah. that she's wanting. Well, what about Max? Yes. I'm sorry, what I was Alex calling it Max. Max? Oh, Max. Is it Max or Matt? Max. I believe it's Max. Yeah, Max. Max. Okay, um, five years from now, would it still be Max instead of Alex? Because sometimes people take time to mature and grow and develop the sense of commitment. He said no to either of them. Okay. So five years from Max now. Is the, is he says a guy. Okay. Yeah. She has to focus on where she's at right now and not focus about the future because when she does that, she doesn't pay attention to where she's at right here and now. Mm. And so very important for you to focus where you're at right now. He says, who is it that you desire more? He says, you're the one that's in control. Matt is going to be more connected to your personality or Max, excuse me on the name. He's more connected to your personality than Alex. So it's a better fit. Um, both of them are going to be there, and they're both going to be options. You're not going to like the option of Alex because of personality um, and commitment reasons. Mm-hmm. All right, so what does she need to do now? And then we'll go on to the next caller. But what does she need to do right now? Maybe it's not pursuing a relationship. Maybe it's something else. Or maybe it's it love is. yourself. So what she needs to do? What? Love yourself. He says begin mm. by loving yourself. And once you love yourself, you're going to attract that love that you are desiring. He says, you want to know how romance works, how relationships work. Once you decide that you are in love with yourself, you enjoy what you see in the mirror, and that thought is positivity, you're going to reflect that thought to come back to you. He says, so she has to yeah. begin with herself yeah. before any of these relationships happen. Yep. Then you attract love, love, love. I did this workshop on this online. Just, it's downloadable. It's Ali O'Shea. It's a self-love 
Rush Job. It is very short and very worthwhile. The foundation for everything is loving yourself. Otherwise, how can you give or receive love from others? You've got to do I think every mother party needs to read this workshop and maybe there's others, but I don't know if I do. So Google Allie, A-L-L-I-E, and then O'Shea, O apostrophe S-H-E-A, and do her self-love workshop. It's very deep and profound. All right, so uh, I think I need to close the show. Before I do, I want Lori Gibbons to tell us how we can meet you by your book, and then I will hand it over to Raylene for something fun. Well, thank you so much again, Elisa and Raylene. Very nice to meet you. Um, I appreciate the callers that were patient and um, listened to my excerpts. The book is The Do-It-Yourself Guide to Conscious Living. It's available uh, like we said, on Amazon via um, online download or uh, paperback. You can also find me, my business page, uh, at Author Lori Givens um, on Facebook. So I would be delighted to hear comments from you guys and uh, look, forward to hearing to, to, to every, uh, look forward to hearing from everyone. Thank you. Yeah, and I'm telling you guys, I don't blow smoke, okay? I'm real. And this is one of the very few books that I feel like can absolutely transform you. So please give us some serious thoughts. And hey, Lori, you're not paying me shit, are you? No. For this? No. Of course no. not. Okay? No. Goodness. I mean no. it. Okay, so, um, and I also want to uh, say that Raylene is awesome, and you can reach her at angelmedium7, the numeral7.com. Anything else you want to say, Raylene? Thank you guys so much, Lori. It was such a pleasure hearing your part of the story, and I'm looking forward to purchasing the book myself and really learning, um, you know, a little bit more about myself and just growing from from this experience. So thank you so much for your time, Lori and Elisa. I appreciate your time as well. Eric is sending his love. Um, I love you, people. So take a look at my website. He says, "I love you, mom." Take a look at my site and see if I'll be touring in your state anytime soon. And also oh, look wonderful. out for online tickets for live online events. Oh, I'll thank you again, everybody. She's been to my house. She's been to my house. People love her. All right, so um, I love you, Raylene. I love you, Lori. I love you, Eric. And I love all you guys listening. I really do. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not, you know, I'm not fucking with you, okay? I really do. Oh, my God. Now you know where it is. All right. Love you guys. I love you. All right. Love you all too. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye bye. Bye everybody. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.